Welcome back to Sources of Strength, episode four, called Sadness. I'm your host, Elliot. I'm David. And I'm Miss Tonelli. In this episode, we also would like to introduce one of the English teachers at our high school and music enthusiast, Mr. Tobin. Hello, hello. So, how's everyone doing today? Doing pretty good. I mean, it's a Tuesday. We got, what, like three, four days left till spring break? I guess so. Uh, I, I can't to be it. complaining. I'm doing pretty good. Miss Tonelli, how are you doing? I am definitely excited for spring break, and the 20th was the first day of spring, so happy spring, happy allergy season. It's still cold <laughs> out, so. Yes, yeah, still cold, unfortunately. Mr. Tobin, how are you doing today? Well, it's not snowing, it's not raining, so it's a good day in my book. It is a good day. So, what part of the wheel are we feeling uh, strongest for today, guys? Elliot, do you want to start that? Sure. I am feeling strongest with positive friends. I just had choir class, and in choir, I have a lot of great friends in that class. And we actually played a game where we got to learn something new about everyone. And some of the things that people said were really funny, so it made me smile at it. Brightened up my day. Awesome. Miss Tonelli, how you doing? I'm great. So for me this week, um, I was definitely strongest in physical health. Now that it is getting warm outside and sunny, I made time to go outside and go for a walk, um, get some fresh air because I hate being cooped up inside. It's just awful. It's Mm -hmm. definitely like I noticed a big difference in my mood from like the winter to the sunny, warm, springy weather. Um, so I'm definitely glad it's spring. Definitely. Patiently waiting for summer, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> when it's like prime shorts weather, no jackets at all. Exactly. That's the best time. Yes. Mr. Tobin? Um, I think I have to go with family support. Um, so uh, with COVID, the uh, sports seasons have been all kind of out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently it is girls volleyball season and I coach girls volleyball. Uh, which means I don't get back till late. Uh, so all the kid duties fall on my wife's shoulders. Mm-hmm. So she has stepped up and, I mean, she's the one that gets him up in the morning. She's the one that gets him off to preschool. She's the one who picks him up from preschool. She's the one that feeds mm-hmm. them. Uh, typically, I'm home in time for bath and bedtime, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not. So uh, her supporting me so I can continue to um, uphold my duties here at the high school is uh, a major support. So um, I have to thank her. And I know she's never going to hear this, but I love <laughs> her very, very much. Aww. Shout out, Miss Tobin. Yes. Shout out, Miss Tobin. <laughs> and little Tobin as well. Tobins. Little Tobins. Tobins. Tobin squared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for me today, I would have to go with healthy activities because as of last night, I started running or, well, tried at least, you know. <laughs> it was a good, you know, maybe quarter mile. Um, but no, it was like during the winter and the summer, I was exercising, I was doing all this great stuff. Then when winter came around, I was like, eh, I'll just sleep in instead. And then that kind of just threw me off that whole path of just like, eh, oh well, I'll do it later. But now that it's like spring, I'm like, all right, there's no better time to get outside, get away from the computer, get away from the phone. I like actually running without a phone or music, which is mm-hmm. weird, I know, because I love listening to music when I'm doing anything, mm-hmm. like car rides, homework, anything, but running, I like silence, because that's when my own thoughts can come in, and then that's when my own expressions can come out, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Can I can I just comment on that? And it, yeah. and it actually has to do with the theme of today, so I'm, I don't want to call myself an avid runner, but I, you know, I run, and 
uh, I actually was in the same boat as you. I used to prefer no, not to have any music and just kind of enjoy the scenery and what have you. And then one day I just, I had my, my phone, I had headphones, I'm like, all right, let me give it a shot. Uh, over the years, I've learned that I enjoy listening to extremely sad music hmm. when I run. Okay. Uh, and I've chalked it up to the pace, because uh, I feel like if you have, you know, heavy metal music playing or fast paced music, uh, it forces you to run faster. Slow music <laughs> allows me to run at a slow pace, mm -hmm. so I don't overdo it. Uh, so, yeah, I actually prefer listening to uh, super sad music when I am running. So, and never, I think that's actually a good intro into our uh, our show today. I've never yeah, thought about sure. it like that. And yes, you are correct. That is one of now <laughs> the best segues we are going to have for this whole podcast. <laughs> so this episode is dedicated to the third and final emotion of, this, of the What Helps Us movement, which is, of course, sadness. So just a, in general question, what is sadness? Well... Um, I, I can try to answer that question. Yes. Go um, ahead. Well, it's defined as the emotional state of being sad, but I guess that doesn't tell us a whole lot about what sadness no. actually is. But the way I see it, in my unprofessional opinion, I see it, there's two types of sadness. There's ones that, you know, are the result of events that, um, you know, just it's the natural uh, way that we react to those situations is sadness. And, you know, sometimes sadness is associated with crying. So when we're sad, when we're feeling down, we cry. And then there's also sadness that is uncontrollable. And it's just the result of how like, life is being lived right now. Some people see sadness as a sign of weakness and vulnerability. But being vulnerable makes you more comfortable around your friends and family. I have to agree with that. I like the idea, or I agree with the idea of sadness should not be portrayed as like a sign of vulnerability or a sign of being weak. Rather, it could be a sign of being open and being honest with your emotions. There are days though, or there are times where I want to bottle all those emotions up. I don't want anyone to see them and I go and then I can just expel them or deal with them in like a later time. But that's not a healthy idea at all. Like some of the best times is just to do it right then, there and now. Because then that opens mm -hmm. up um, your honesty and your truth with your yourself and your friends. And then that opens up your friends as well to show their supportive side as well, which we all know friends have. Mm -hmm. You bring up a, a good point that when you're sad, you, for some reason, we feel like we have to hide. But why is that not the case when we're happy? Like when we're happy, we're not like, oh, my God, I got to go into another room to you know hide this smile. Mm hmm. This is, that's how I'm feeling at the moment, so I'm going to show it. But then when that feeling of sadness, whatever, you know, whatever caused it at that moment, at least for most people, is like, I can't show this emotion. I have to hide it. I don't want people to see it. And it's gotten this stigma that, you know, sadness is not appropriate. It's not okay. But it's a part of our emotional wheel. Uh, you know, if I'm feeling that way at that moment, shouldn't I be allowed to feel that way at that moment? Is it? Should I be ashamed of being sad? And I think that is a feeling that gets connected to the idea of sadness is that it's that shame for whatever reason, whether society is, you know, giving us that stigma or family or friends, um, pop culture, whatever it is. So I, I think I think Elliot touched on this. I think it's a natural part of life to feel sad. Nobody is happy mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you are, I would like to know your secrets. So. <laughs> Um, 
And Mr. Tobin, again, with another great segue into my next question that I just had. Um, amongst both high schoolers and teachers as well, what do you think are the most common reasons to experience sadness in today's climate? So, Ms. Tanelli, Mr. Tobin, I'm just going to mm-hmm. cut you off for a second. I want to talk with Elliot about um, high schoolers' views on sadness. So I kind of wanted to open up the idea about social media being a very prime reason for sadness. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of <laughs> sadness that can come out of just something as easy as like a like, like seeing oh, yeah. all your friends and they can get two, 300, 400 likes and then you're here with, and you feel like mm-hmm. you're not getting enough. You don't feel like you're being validated enough as your friends are. Mm-hmm. And then even with social media, especially with like the Snapchat or the Instagram stories, it's there's a lot of FOMO that comes out of that. And then for those that don't know, FOMO is like the fear of missing out. So before COVID, when party, parties were like a more of like an actual thing that happened, mm-hmm. then you would see them happen. You'd be like, well, why am I not there? Yeah. Why didn't I get invited? I wanted to be there. Why am I not there? And then that creates a whole feeling of being left out and alone, and it just feels awful. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. Um, and I, I feel like on social media, it is about the likes and the comments it's about that too much and it's not as much about just sharing fun things that you do with your friends or just a picture that you like um and i think another problem with social media is um how society perceives the body and how Mm -hmm. sometimes people post pictures of them looking very skinny and maybe those pictures are edited but maybe they're not but maybe someone who doesn't look like that and doesn't look like you know what society makes them you know feel like they should look like Mm -hmm. then that's that's not a good thing and it makes them feel down and you know i think what we can start to do is just realize that what you post on social media everyone is able to see unless i mean no everyone is able to see because you can screenshot it Mm -hmm. and but we need to be really careful about what we post so that we make everyone you know you want to make sure that everyone who looks at the post is you know satisfied and happy and like not feeling sad after it like there should be no reason to feel sad after Mm -hmm. looking at someone's social media post so i think then that idea definitely has to come in not from the person posting but from the person viewing Mm -hmm. definitely like that mindset of okay this is somebody else's life like they're this is somebody else's life i'm showing off like their time with their friends showing off their um what they're doing at the beach how they look how you perceive that is probably the most important factor mm-hmm. not how not what they're doing so then taking like that information and like taking what you're seeing and turning into the thought of okay that's somebody else's life but here's my life and here's all the great things that I'm doing so compare it's almost as if you're comparing yourself to everybody on social media mm-hmm. don't do that <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier said than done david yeah. it's so unhealthy to be comparing yeah. yourself but i know because i've definitely fallen to that idea of this is how i should look mm-hmm. yet i don't look like that or this is what i should be doing yet i'm not doing it why am i not doing it and then it just creates that whole fear that i'm not doing enough then i want to work more it's mm-hmm. just not great. It's yeah. just not healthy at yeah. all. It's definitely our natural inclination to compare ourselves to others. Or if we see like a friend at a concert that we're, we weren't able to go to, like we we all experience that FOMO, as you said, the David. FOMO. And I think it's natural, but it also depends on what you do with those feelings. 
maybe taking a break from social media. So, Miss Tonelli, Mr. Tobin, I'll bring you guys back into the conversation now. Um, for teachers and young adults, what do you believe is more of the common reason for, for yourself to feel sad or upset compared to high school? Is there any difference? Is there similarities? Well, I, I have to first say that I could not imagine growing up in this time. What, like, take away the pandemic for a second. Mm -hmm being consumed with social media. I mean, when I was growing up, it was just starting, just starting. And I had nothing to do with it, so I didn't really have anything to compare it to. Now add the factor of COVID. I, I can't imagine what you guys have been going through, um, especially if you come from a family or a background where you no, know, we, we must you know stay safe, stay inside. You can't do anything, and then you go on social media and you see your friends out and about, mm -hmm. like just like you were saying. How come I'm not there? That feeling that you get, and I know that feeling. It's like that that stinging in your stomach. Like nobody mentioned it to me. Mm -hmm. I consider myself lucky that I'm a place at a place in my life where I'm like. The party I want to be at is with my wife and my two kids. Mm -hmm. Is it a pretty lame party? Probably from the outside, but I mean, I'm having a blast with them. And I and I don't care what everybody else is doing. But I'm also, I mean, quote unquote, a grown up. Um, <laughs> I could not imagine being a high school student and seeing that and thinking, what am I missing out on? What's wrong with me that I'm not there? What's wrong with me that I didn't get invited to that? Mm -hmm. So that in itself, I mean, the, the whole idea of being popular and, and, and having friends and being invited to places, I mean, that's been since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. But now throw in this isolation that you guys have gone through, it's been over a year now. I mean, that pent up eagerness to go out and, you know, do what high school kids do. I mean, you guys need to sow your wild oats and you can't do it sitting in your parents' house. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the idea of sadness pre-pandemic, yeah, 100%. During pandemic, I can't even fathom it. So, even worse, if anything. It, yes, mm -hmm. and, and, and what you guys have overcome and are continuing to overcome, the fact that you guys still show up to school, the fact that you two are doing this. I know there's students of mine who are struggling and i don't mean struggling like getting in their essay on time i'm talking about like why am i even getting up every day mm -hmm. and that that makes me sad uh because again I, i'm in a different place than you guys are obviously we're different in age we're at different stages in our lives um, but i do remember what it was like but it was not like this for me so uh, it makes me sad that you guys are in this situation is there light at the end of the tunnel absolutely Mm -hmm. um, so as far as trying to understand it, I try to keep an open mind and listen and, you know, uh, try to hear my students out. Um, and, and this is not to say this doesn't happen to adults too, cause we're all stuck inside as mm -hmm. adults as well, but I don't think it compares to what you guys might be going through. So there's a lot of sadness going around <laughs> these days and I try my best to be sensitive to it. Do I fail? hundred percent. I just, I give a lot of respect to you guys, you know, that you're still showing up every day. And I mean that both school-wise and just in life, showing up and doing what you're supposed to do and, you know, keeping a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. So 
commend, I, I commend you guys. Yeah, I just want to reiterate how you said there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think right now kids are really, really struggling to see that light. Um, so if anyone takes anything away from this episode, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's We're all going through it right now. We're all experiencing all the sadness, all those emotions, those feelings that come with it. You know, we're going to come out at the end of all this COVID virtual schooling stuff. Um, so there is light mm-hmm. for sure. Keep that in mind. And yeah. to bring up a uh, little story, I have a post-it note in my room and I've had it up on a thumbtack since my freshman year of high school when my mental health was just all over the place, full of anxiety, sadness. Because it was high school, was, it was a new thing for me. It was mm-hmm. a very scary thing. It's such a silly quote, but it meant so much to me, is that there's always rain before the rainbow, even if it feels like a hurricane. That just means a better rainbow is falling behind. That was the kind of thing I kept telling myself after everything that mm-hmm. happened to me. This is only temporary. Like, what I'm feeling will go away and mm-hmm. something better will come out of it. Yeah. It's just right now. But, yeah, keep in mind, like, this is right now. This is your present moment. Sit with what you're feeling now. Feel the feelings. But it's it'll be okay at the end of it, right? Yeah. As David and his lovely quote shared with us. coming in with the little quotes. I yeah. mean, with the anger one, I came in with the balloon. That was the improv one, <laughs> but it was still pretty good. I love a great motivational quote. I so. know. Thank I'm going to make, make those cat posters that everyone always makes. <laughs> well, you, you guys bring up a great point. I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. No. It's the idea that you guys can't control how you feel about things. Like what makes you sad makes you sad. What makes you happy is what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can control is your reaction to those feelings. Mm-hmm. And in your case, I mean, when you get sad, you you know you're sad and you look at that quote and that kind of helps you and gets you through it. Yeah. Some people don't have these skills and you're like, well, it's not really a skill to look at a quote. But in fact, it, it is to, mm-hmm. to read something and use that to kind of uplift yourself. Um, some people, you know, when they're feeling sad, go for a run. When some people are yeah. feeling sad, they phone a friend or they watch a funny TV show or film. Um, and it, it that's their reaction to their sadness. And hopefully it kind of gets them out of their funk. But, uh, you know, figuring out a way to deal with that sadness at the moment. Because there's no getting around sadness. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just how we react to it that makes the difference. And... Uh, like Mrs. Tonelli, Ms. Tonelli was saying, is there's light at the end of the tunnel. And keeping that in mind, I know, has been keeping a lot of my friends going, keeping me going. Um, so it, it's all about you know how you look at it when those feelings of sadness mm-hmm. come about. So we're talking right now about a lot of negative sadness. like this, But we're always then looking to the positive for the future. But now I want to talk about when is like a time in your life where sadness could be a good thing? Now, Elliot, I know on the uh, the notes here you wrote a couple of ideas. Would you be willing to share them? Sure, definitely. Um, well, one time I was I was in Europe with um, the chamber singers at Hopewell, and we were in the Czech Republic um, on tour, and for one of our uh, just you know for not for fun but just like. If uh, one of our uh, pieces of agenda on the trip was to visit the Terezin concentration camp in the Czech Republic, and as a Jew, I was you know I was I'm very I was very interested in seeing you know what a concentration camp actually was because 
I've never seen one in person. I've only heard stories of the Holocaust and what it was. Um, and so I went uh, with the choir and it was very emotional because, I mean, they showed us the gas chambers and you walk in and there's thousands of graves when um, to the entrance of the concentration camp. And I was, I was very sad that day. Um, I was crying, but I did have my friends with me. So that was really nice. And, you know, after the whole day, um, we spent our day at um, the concentration camp. And then we went to a grave site um, for where Jews were. And we all um, got in a circle and sang our, uh, our theme song called Flight Song. And everybody just started sobbing. And although that day was really sad for me, because, you know, I actually got to experience what my ancestors lived through. It was really eye-opening. And, I mean, I'll never forget that day. And I look back on it. And, you know, I don't think about as much as, as... I don't think about the concentration camp as much. I think about the moment I shared with my friends. And how good they made me feel that day. When, you know, if I didn't have them then I would just be alone with my thoughts. But they really helped me that day and I'll, I'll never forget it. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that. That is you. a very <laughs> heartfelt and true story. If you need to take a minute there just to breathe, go right ahead. Um, I'm good. All right. <laughs> You're good. All right. Um, well, then in that case, I'd like to also share a story for myself um, about when sadness was a good thing. Um, so this was around my sophomore year, um, and then the school musicals auditions were coming out. It was Chicago High School Edition. Now, keep in mind, Chicago was one of my favorite shows of all time. Like, this, it's such a great show. And one of the dream role, one of mine, was to play Amos, who's this very heartfelt and honest character. So I was so excited for the role. I worked hard. I was pulling, I was pulling hours, blood, sweat, and tears through everything. I got, went into the audition, had a great audition, got the callback, had a great callback. And then I found out I got understudy for the role. I was still happy, but it felt like the world's biggest second place. It felt like all the work I did, all the hours I put in, all the time I spent, all felt for like nothing. It felt like it was just the world's giant second place. And if, so what was the point? Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that I realized I wanted to turn myself, to turn these sad feelings into a goal. And that's the important thing out of this whole thing, because then that's where that quote comes back in that I mentioned earlier. There's always rain before the rainbow. This was the rain of feeling so, feeling like a failure, of feeling like I worked so hard and for what? And then I thought to myself, well, what's next? So then I wrote down on another post-it note um, that I was going to work harder and I was going to better myself instead of just wallowing and staying sad. I wanted to turn what happened that day or when that cast list came out into something that's going to help me in the future. So there's definitely two different perspectives here about how sadness can be a good thing. There's definitely positive friends that can come out of it that can unite each other. There's lessons that can be, uh, can be turned from hard times. Mm -hmm. 
So, Mr. Tobin, Ms. Tonelli, what are your thoughts on how, when sadness can be a good thing? Mm-hmm. Well, I think your story really emphasizes how you experience that time in your life where you didn't have the outcome that you wanted, but you use that to your advantage to work on something, right, mm-hmm. in your personal life. Um, so, sadness can definitely be a motivator, but you just really have to think about how can I turn this into my motivation? How can I use this to do better next time or do something different next time? So I really liked your example, David, and I'm sorry you didn't get the role, but it's, it's soft. <laughs> I think it all, you know, turned out for the best. It did turn out. For Even though in the moment, I'm sure it didn't feel like it. Yeah, definitely. And now two years later, I'm in Little Women with Elliot. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Let's try to make. Yep. But uh, now, Mr. Tobin, what do you think about when sadness can be a good time? Um, well, I'm, I'm just trying to think of something that's, you know, sort of universal um, that gets a lot of people sad. And I mean, everybody loses loved ones. I know most, if not all cultures, have some sort of funeral. I know Jewish people, they, you know, they sit Shiva and that's you typically like a whole week. My favorite, I think, is what the Irish do with a wake, because it's more of a, a celebration than a mourning for somebody. But I think it's that that sense of conclusion, that, that sense of remembering that kind of eases the, the sadness a little mm-hmm. bit. It's the, the process that, that helps, because obviously mo- most times you don't really expect to lose somebody. And then when you do, it you... Sometimes you didn't realize it was going to hurt so much, but then spending that time with your friends and family, sort of like what Elliot did with his friends, uh, it made it easier and you could kind of, you can talk about the person you lost. We lost a, a, a staff member here early this year, Mr. O'Brien, and it, and that one hurt. Um, I mean, I looked up to him. He was a mentor. He took great care of me when I first got here. I could always go to him for questions. And when we lost him, I had all these other people who loved him just as much as I did. And we could sit and talk about him. And we held sort of uh, a a memorial for him. And it made it that much easier. And feeling that sadness and not trying to hide hide from it. Everybody was feeling the same thing. And we got together and we embraced it. um, And it made his passing a little bit easier. And it's gotten easier a little bit more each day. And I think that's just the natural progression of sadness that... One, it, it comes to, you have to react to it, but you have to react to it in a constructive way. Um, and then use what you know to kind of ease that pain. And then it comes less and less as you go about, because it's a natural part of life. Obviously people dying, but you know, sadness. So yeah, and, and I think it helps you grow as a person as well. And you can use what you learn through that process for other things. You know, whether big, small things or big, uh, sad things or small, sad things. Um, I mean, it might not always be the same amount of sadness, but the, the process can kind of be the same as you go through. So now to turn to the light of the subject, the light at the end of the tunnel. But bef- um, with the question of how can we overcome sadness and who can we talk to when experiencing sadness? So I, ca- I want to open the floor on this question with saying something that in, I would say we've all we've all briefly touched upon this idea, whether it be within like the first question that we asked about the wheel, and then also the question we've asked about 
the times when we felt sad. Um, and definitely positive friends speaks out a lot. But then I also want to um, bring in exercising as well. Exercising is a great detox for any of the three emotions we talked about. Anxiety, anger, especially sadness. Because mm-hmm. it takes your mind off it. And you focus on something else. So I know in the past episode, we definitely talked about how ru- I was using running as a getaway mm-hmm. for what was going on in life. That can definitely still apply to sadness for this episode. It's I, It might be hard to get out of bed and start it. But if you do, you will go to bed that night a better person than you started in the morning. I mean, all these things you mentioned, your family, your friends, uh, exercising. I, I think the overall overarching concept to me is keeping yourself busy and i don't mean keeping yourself busy in terms of ignoring the root of the problem or the the root of the sadness but i think sitting there and harping on it is not healthy Um, it's all about picking healthy ways to deal with it whatever that is for you exercising drawing reading watching a funny movie hanging out with friends you have to can't sit there and let the the sadness just sink in and take over your whole entire life. You have to learn to deal with it. I don't want to say move on, but essentially you got it. You have to move on. Not again, not forgetting the root of the sadness, mm-hmm. but learning to live with that sadness. Because, like I said, no. And David, you said this actually. Uh-huh. No feeling ever stays the same, and that sadness yeah. will not stay there forever. And keeping that in mind as you move forward will help you move forward mm-hmm. so um you know whatever is specific to you whatever keeping yourself busy both physically and mentally to get past that sadness is a great concept mm-hmm. this has been the sources of strength podcast tune in next time where we will begin discussing all the parts of the wheel and go into a deep dive about what they all mean If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at HVSources. If you want to listen to any of our other episodes, you can find it at www.hvspn.com. We would like to thank Mr. Tobin for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Until then, see you next time.